0: I wrote this this week as I was reflecting on trying to make art while working full-time jobs and how they feel like complete opposites of each other. It's like trying to find the energy after weeks of work and days of mind-numbing bullshit to write something that's um, to to sort of snap me out of or or try to inspire me out of the feeling like shit. <laughs> so I wrote this, it goes, while working nine to fives over 30 years, I discovered the more money I earned, the less the job demanded of me. So I often found myself pretending to work and then pretending to work became harder than actual work and pretending created meaninglessness to the point I'd leave at, at five each day and clouds appeared like dead things floating in the sky. And it spins me out that most of our reality and the world's economies seem founded on people pretending to work, thin air. So I'd say yes, yes, writing poetry or making art is a real job. As a kid, I thought, oh yeah, art must just grow on trees. Indiana Jones was just farted out by the gods and the older I got, the more I learned that art comes from between the concrete cracks. It's almost, it's almost a miracle that someone even has a thought that's interesting, let alone it becomes an object in real life. Like how I used to think that as a kid, the books were physical evidence that dreams could exist in this reality. And it's, and it's a miracle that it can come out of us and then exist in this world. It's like reaching your hand through this, some crazy time-space shit and pulling it out into in this, into this weirdness. But when you've got a full-time job on you that you have no interest in doing because you're passionate about paying your rent, it's like shit is is heaped upon shit upon you till you're the tiniest babushka doll. And at the end of the day, everything's squeezed out of you, so you have no... Couldn't give a shit about trying to write a poem or make something beautiful. It's like, fuck that shit. I'll just go watch someone else's creativity or movie. And I kind of feel like it's... Trying to put the cart before the horse when you're making something. You've almost got nothing to give at the end of the day of the work. So I I like to call it putting the art before the horse. (laughs) Ha ha. Sometimes I think society is designed so you have limited to almost zero time to make art. Otherwise, you'd be thinking for yourself and you'd be imposing your own reality on this cult in culture. And... And in some ways, making art, when you've got no time to, to make it, is is a weird act of rebellion, I think. And it's difficult, because when you're making art, you're trying to make something that's quite real. But when you're going into a job, you've got to wear a costume, you've got to wear a mask. When you see co-workers in the elevator, or the, with the mirrors in the elevator, or the mirrors in the bathroom, and they're splashing their face... Like I used to think, when they were looking at their face in the mirror, they're really just adjusting their masks. And everyone talks fake shit, like what's on, what's happening with math, or what their kids are doing. It's and it just feels, it just felt dizzying. I had fuck all to talk about anything to people at work, and if I talked about anything that was real, that could be used against you at some point. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. If you talked about anything with real humanity, it could be used against you. They always say at work, there's no such thing as a, a bad question. But of course there is. They're just lying to you. It's like you've got a tiny little candle and you've got to carry it through the day and protect it with one hand while you're fighting off work with the other hand. And the wind that tries to blow it out of people mind vomiting onto it with words of Bullshit about maths and the funny thing that kid did on the weekend, and you've got to nurse that little candle all the way through to the end until it's just a a little candle with you in the night and and your words and your art. And when you're at work and you're wearing your costume, you almost feel like you're wearing a a plastic bag tied over your head as a disguise. So so it feels like you're, you're you're kind of suffocating. And you're trying to blend in with whatever logos on the on your plastic bag over your head, and and trying to do work, and trying to su- survive the day with just enough juice left to try and squeeze something out that could be semi interesting to you to make worth waking up the next morning and actually getting out of bed and putting your shoes on and doing it all over again. I remember people at work talking about the Ozarks, that TV show and how, engage- how engrossing and interesting it was and how, how crazy it was and they, they all loved it. But if you said something about your life that came even a tiny hint close to adventure in any way, they'd be like, what? What, what, are, you, what are you talking about? Unless it was like um, normal cultural adventure like the the ones that you're allowed like traveling overseas or visiting your grandpa in Queensland it's like there's culturally sanctioned adventures for your spirit to express itself but it can it just feels like it can get pretty limiting but I do remember leaving work at the end of the day and and looking at clouds and they they f- they everything just felt dead like I'd because I'd, I'd worked full-time straight for three years with the, the crazy commute. I always felt like the hardest part of the job was actually um, surviving a squashed train in the morning and surviving it again, squashed back. And I'd always see commuters walking slowly to work, but then they'd be hurrying away from work at the end of the day. And I kind of felt that was... That was the essence of where, where their spirits were in, in a true kind of way. felt like having your head um, held underwater and then you come up for a, a little breath and then, it, then it's back under. And maybe this sounds overly dramatic and it probably is, but it wasn't for me. I, I felt like you, you're getting sort of shat on with mind and word pollution, like all the, all the bullshit corporate jargon and work speak. And the safe conversations and everything felt just just like absolute like shit dribbling out of their mouth. It was really fucking. It, it hurt. It hurt. It was. It almost. It was kind of. It it hurt my head. Like you'd hear people doing placeholder laugh for their for their manager. Everything felt hollow it it was it just felt I, I shouldn't be complaining about it but fuck it I'm complaining about it <laughs> but I got it I managed to just put the art before the horse like over and over again over years and years by getting to the train tracks at night with my laptop watching trains flash past while foxes in the middle of winter would come out of their burrows and try and steal my backpack while I was riding in the glare of the laptop on the embankment of the train tracks for, for years and years. And I wrote my first book of poems doing that at night. I didn't even know it was going to be a book of poems at the time, but I was writing things for me that made me happy and made me feel like, like life was kind of bearable. And I felt like the nights after work were like, I was, it was like a space between the betweens where the, where the art would, or my little ideas would come up. Sneak up or push up between the concrete cracks, and make little, little explosions of color, and I'd I'd keep them. I wouldn't keep them completely secret, but I'd, they were mine. That's and they were they were totally mine, and nothing else was mine, but that was mine. I remember leaving at five o'clock exactly on the dot, and I'd be the first one to to leave work while everyone looked like they were just doing busy work, and I, it was always. It was always, you could feel like it was supposed to be a walk of shame, but I just had to do it. I love that I I follow my legs. My legs are more wise than my brain. My brain would have kept me at the computer, but my legs went, fuck this, Darby, you're you're walking out of here right now, and you're going to go down to the train tracks and start riding your own little explosions of colour. Follow the legs, Darby. If I had to give advice on how to survive full-time work and making art, I'd say, do just enough to fulfill your whatever you're supposed to do for obligations just enough. And if, if that just enough can be about probably 30% of your energy, don't use and so you can keep more than 50% just for you at night because a lot of that energy is going to just be wasted on, on um, just talking bullshit to people at work. If you can get away with committing about 30% of your entire creative energy, to a bullshit job, and then save at least 70%, then you've, you'll have you be able to eke out something at the end of the day. Something like that. I don't know what the exact equation is, but I know don't give it much at all. But then the act of looking like... You've got to act like you're giving more than 30%, and that can be almost draining in itself. You've got to act like you're giving it 70%. So when you give me, oh, I'm confusing myself with numbers... It's a tough one but yeah you've got to you got to save you got to save that energy you got to save that juice that powder